Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, just joining us from online affiliates around the world, including our friends that are tuning in via the podcast. We appreciate you all being with us as well. You know, I think all of us want to know, not only, of course, that our lives matter, but also that we belong. And our next guest has been on a great journey, both when it comes to her family and also herself, when it comes to finding her place and her own belonging. We're excited to welcome Dion Ford to our broadcast today. She wrote a book I had a chance to read called Go Back and Get It, a memoir of race, inheritance, and intergenerational healing. We're going to talk to Dion not only about the writing of the book, but the reflection on her own family and life, and what she hopes you're able to take away from the book as well. If you're just now finding out about Go Back and Get It, we'll let you know how to get your own copy of it. Dion, thank you again for the time. really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, glad to do it. I've been looking forward to this. I want to give a shout-out to our mutual friend, Robert Blake Whitehill, for setting up uh, this, this connection for the two of us. And your, your book is really all about connection, though, Dion, how we are not only connected to those who came before us, but also, of course, to ourselves. What has it been like for you to have these very intimate conversations about something that's based on your own family and life? Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, well, thank you for noting that, that it is about interconnectedness. Um, and, you know, it's been um, really exciting as well as scary. <laughs> it's not easy to, you know, um, make such intimate things public. But, uh, you know, I was really doing it for myself to really explore these um, deep personal experiences that I had, um, and I did hope that it might be helpful to other people who maybe had had similar experiences or even not similar experiences, but just, you know, very personal, difficult things that have happened to them in their lives. And it has been, that's been one of the most gratifying things is to hear from people who I've never met that um, they did find reading the book helpful to them. Um, So um, that has been extremely gratifying. I'm so glad you said that because I think that will probably be one of the the big questions that our audience wants to know is is the how. How did you get to a place where you were able to share so much with complete strangers (laughs) around the world in a book like this? So, I mean, as I mentioned, yes, the book is about discovery and what you've able to discover about your own family and lineage, and and I should say – um, the qualities even that, you know, one would hope that they would be able to have for themselves, but also it shares your own personal journey of healing and, and getting over, you know, your own pains and, and difficulties. How did you get to that place where you could be so open? Hmm. Well, I guess, um, you know, definitely having support. Um, I've spent many years um, just practicing the principles of 12 steps and um, trying to move really closer to my own sense of a personal higher power. Um, so having that, that support, of course, was really important, as well as, you know, wonderful 
um, loving friends that I've made and, and my beautiful family, my uh, husband has been very supportive and my gorgeous um, children. Um, but, you know, on the writing side to say also that, you know, I was taught that you you write for yourself, you know, um, particularly with memoir, um, you have to put the potential audience in a way on the shelf. Um, it's not that you know, you're not ever thinking that there will be an audience, but I think to really get into the nitty-gritty of what I really needed to say, I did have to write um, as if no one would ever read it. Um, And, yeah, in order to allow myself to just kind of um, be completely free. Um, And that was wonderful advice that I got from many different incredible writers over the years, um, and uh, I'm glad that I allowed myself to follow that in, in the first iterations of the book. And then you worry about, you know, what what is needs to be said and what is maybe more of a personal conversation with someone one-on-one later, <laughs> in later drafts. But, but in yeah. the beginning, just really writing with abandon as if it was just between me and, and I guess, my higher power for, for you know, um, a lack of any other way to put it just between me and my highest self. Yeah. You say something uh in in your in your book that I, I think is really interesting as you're talking to your journalism professor talking about the issue of race, which is very big in this book, and you write race mm-hmm. is just a thing outside of you. It's a coat of paint. I want to talk about that because we are living in a time in 2023 where, I mean, we are just, for those who are joining us live here on the radio side, just 72 hours ago, right, there was another racial motivated shooting here in, you know, in the South, um, in Florida. So this is something that is such a big deal. Does it, does it surprise you, Dion, that something that was so much a part of the history that you discovered when it came to your family, such a divisive issue is still so divisive today you know sadly it does not surprise me I'm sorry to say Um, you know when I was making that statement as a I don't know 19 20 year old um, it was aspirational as well as noting thinking about the um, construct of race Um, but you know, the fact of the matter is this country was definitely built on um, the exploitation of people and um, on race-based slavery. And uh, it's how this country was able to rise so quickly economically. And, um, you know, there is much invested in in maintaining all of those um, false uh, delineations so that people can maintain power, you know. People don't want to give up power once they have it. And so, unfortunately, sadly, I'm not that surprised that that, that, um, there's, you know, still a lot of investment in, in maintaining those those false dichotomies um, for power. 
the, your book also addresses something that myself growing up here in the South as well, Dion, here in Mississippi. I, I was one of those people who I uh, had other black students say that I didn't talk black, that I didn't dress black. That was such mm-hmm. a, a weird thing to me. I, I, and we're talking about in, you yeah. know, in the 1990s. Uh, but yeah. it, I bring that up because of your one of the things you talk about when it comes to the Cosby Show. Uh, people will look at them and say, well, they're not really black. That's not really what black is. Um, What has that been like for you that even in the black community and black conversations, the issue of what it means to be black, what represents black, um, is still one of those things that is such a topic of conversation as well? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a – that is also just a continuation of these false dichotomies and white supremacy that doesn't, you know, just – affect white people. I mean, black people can suffer from white supremacy as well. You know, we've been drinking this water for a long time. And so it can be difficult to take our power back and, um, and you know, remember or even assert that it's a black experience because I'm a black person having it, you know, yeah. period. Um, so however I manifest that, that is what it is to be black, you know. Um, and we, I, I just think that, you know, we all get caught up in it because this is the system that we've all grown up under. And, and it's painful. It's painful to be, a, um, you know, a black person and, and all you want is to be um, accepted and welcomed, you know, by your own people and then to be um, shunned because of these false ideologies, you know, is, is, is very painful and, and sadly still happening. You know, I heard a love, a beautiful young woman giving a speech about her own experience today, 16, the same exact thing. Right. So, um, yeah, it's really up to us to assert that what it is to be black is, is however I'm living in this moment, whoever I am, if I'm a black person, that is a black experience. Yeah, said so that's why, again, this book has such, I think, broader meaning for all of us. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live, as you can tell, already having a great conversation with author Dion Ford today. Her book is called Go Back and Get It, a memoir of race, inheritance, and intergenerational healing. I want to remind you, you can get your own copy of the book and stay connected with Dion. Dion, as I mentioned, you've gone through your own trauma that you share early on in the book, but you also found out about those in your family that have gone through similar trauma as well. I want to talk about connection in a different way because I think for all of us, when we kind of feel like we see ourselves in other people, we feel less alone. Uh, What was it like for you as you looked at history, looked at your history, looked at your family's history, that you were able to find things that you could connect with? Mm. You know, yeah, it was actually, it was so empowering. And I think that's why I was drawn to wanting to find out whatever I could about the um, women who had been enslaved in my family. Um, I don't think I realized that's what was drawing me initially. Um, you know, I just wanted to know about them because I didn't know about them, and I wanted right. to, you know, honor them and remember them. But I think as I did start to learn about, for example, my great-great-grandmother, Tempe, and that she had six children by her enslaver, who was also my great-great-grandfather. Uh, I 
that's when I started to see this connection that, wow, here was a woman who, uh, you know, was enslaved by somebody and couldn't, couldn't make uh, her own um, decisions about whether or not to have children with him. Um, and yet she, you know, went on to live uh, free after slavery for longer than she had been enslaved. And, you know, she had her own um, spiritual life, which I found out because, you know, people would write about her as a very um, God-fearing person. And she was able to, you know, have her own home and leave that home to her daughters. Um, So that just gave me so much first pride, you know, um, in her, and then also inspiration for myself. If she could be uh, oppressed in, 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 in such, you know, one of the worst ways possible um, and, and still go on and still persevere and still, you know, live. I mean, she lived to be like 104. Um, I don't think you can do that if you're completely downtrodden and, and without hope, you know. So um, that gave me hope that, um, you know, as somebody who had also been um, molested, um, that I could um, also um, have, have hope and, and live a, a full and, and meaningful life, too. So it, it was extremely empowering to learn what I could about her and her children and um, use that as a legacy of, of, of yeah, of hope and um, perseverance, yeah. I have felt like, and we, we all have gone through some type of trauma or difficulty, Dion, and I think one thing this book shows us is that it's different for all of us. And and I think that is another thing that needs to be normalized, and it, it, it frustrates me a little bit that there are people who, they're grieving the loss of a loved one, grieving an incident that may have happened, grieved an injustice that may have happened to them or their family, and people expect them to quickly get over it, not to dwell on it. Yeah. I love the fact yeah. that you in this book seem to give us permission to take it in and to do what we mm. need to in the time we need to with it. And I, and I think that is such an important thing with any type of trauma where you're talking about the lynchings that you discuss in the book and, and the, the lingering trauma of that. Right of you know not only of course to the family but to the communities and then of course you know some of the other you know experiences you're able to share with your family and what they've gone through and how they were treated and how that isn't something that we should Um, and I think in the world we live in today where the news cycle is so quick and short we do kind of find ourselves doing that but was that part of your hope that we would. and I think even as a interesting way of looking at the title, even take that time to go not only to go back, but also to get not only the history, but also the lessons from that history and what we can learn from it. Mm. You know, I don't think I realized that I needed that, you know, for myself, for my own permission. You know, um, mm. I think I like to think about, um, you know, okay, this happened to you. I, I, I want to move through it. I want it to be over, you know, and I don't want right. to think about it anymore. So I think that was my hope. But in, indeed, you're right. I, I, I think what I came upon is that, you know, going back, um, remembering our past, holding it up to the light, honoring it is 
actually extremely freeing. And so it is in the in the admission and the honesty and the saying, Yes, this is this is my story. This is our story, our country's story, yeah. or right. my city's story, you know, my state's story. Um, and holding that up to, in the light, um, it not being this secret or this shame, there is a lot of beauty in that. And there is this, for me, it has been extremely healing and sustaining and comforting to be able to look back with my children, you know, and to say, yes, this yeah. was what our story was, what happened to our family. And then it's not this pain, you know, it's just this truth and uh, right. remembering our people becomes this incredibly empowering thing that really um, lifts us up. You know, we were just in Hilton Head uh, on vacation, my girls and I, and um, we got to, you know, go and touch the water and and call the names of our ancestors. And it wasn't this painful thing. It was a joyous thing to know their names, you know, and to say them on those shores that are, you know, the, the waters that, our people were brought here uh, in bondage at, you know, and now we walk free. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think I did look at it as uh, it was it was going to be giving me permission, but in the end, it did give me permission. And I hope yeah. it does do that for for other folks to just say their truth, you know, and know that there is there is a repair in that. Dean, I'm going to ask you a question. In the 20 years I've hosted this show, I've never asked anybody. But I think it's Uh-oh. so interesting and appropriate for this book and this conversation. Because honestly, it made me think about something totally different. And I'm curious for you how you feel about this. We've been talking about healing. But do you think that we can really be healed? Or do you think the healing is just something that is continuous that we day by day deal with? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think, you know, particularly when you're talking about trauma, because unfortunately, like we go forward in the world, you know, and there are things that even when we've done our best to get better and, you know, have um, have gotten better or, you know, reached uh, different levels, you know, there's re-traumatization. You know, there are things that that just bring up or reopen the wound. Um, and I'm also thinking of that beautiful um, that beautiful pottery. You know, that uh, is broken and then gets put back together uh, with the golden. I can't think of the name of it. There's a, a, a specific name of this of this pottery, but. You know, the beauty of the vase, yeah, the beauty of the pottery is in how it's put back together after being broken, you know, with those, with the golden threads. So, so, so that is a healing, right? That is a, that is its own art. And um, I think that, you know, we are humans. There'll always be something that we're, that we're trying to, improve or just, you know, um, accept, you know, about ourselves or about our lives. So I think that is the, the, the beauty, like it's the perfect imperfection, right, is the reaching to just be um, in the best 
best relation with myself and with the people around me that I can be. So, so yeah, I don't think there is ever any healed. I think there's just always the, for me anyway, the, the, I guess the hope and the inclination to be healed. Right. Uh, I I totally agree, and it, it, this book made me think about that. That in you know the whole idea. I mean, it sounds great, but you you know you rarely hear people say that they have been healed. Mm-hmm. But but we do talk about that healing, and I do believe it is something that is continuous and something we have to work on. Actually, in in mm-hmm. my my yeah. feelings too, because if not, then we have so many triggers around us that could set us back. You know, and I think that that is the interesting thing about this human experience that we have is that, and we've seen it in history, unfortunately, the steps we take forward don't mean we will keep moving forward. There will be those who keep trying to go backwards, right? And and so it's that fortitude of doing that. So I, with that being said, then, when someone picks up Go Back and Get It and Dion, what is your hope at this point? It is something personal for you, but what is your hope that the book does for others? Oh, oh gosh, I hope that, you know, in reading this, that they will find some level of acceptance for themselves and themselves and whatever, um, you know, because we all have our thing, you know, our issues, our difficulty. So I hope they will find some gentleness for themselves, some acceptance for themselves, and hopefully some gentleness and acceptance for other people who they may have. Um, difficult relationships with, um, you know, forgiveness, which is not about, you know, needing to live happily ever after with other people, but just letting go of the hurt, you know, so that they can themselves move forward. Right. Such a great point. Such a great reminder. Dion, great conversation with you. Again, everyone, Dion Ford has been our guest. Go Back and Get It is a book, a memoir of race, inheritance, and intergenerational healing. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com. We, For those who are joining us via the podcast, we have the Amazon link there for you guys to be able to get your own copy of it. You can get it in hardcover as I have it, or you can get, of course, a Kindle edition as well. And Dion, what about yourself? How can our audience stay connected with you? Oh, yeah. Please uh, check out my website, DionFord.com. And I'm also on Instagram and I guess what used to be called Twitter now, X, uh, and Facebook. (laughs) We'll definitely want our audience to stay connected with you. Dion, looking forward to having you back on the program again. Thank you so much, Cyrus. This has been great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thank you as always. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go make today amazing. Take care. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.